It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The World in 10, analysis and insight from The Times correspondents on the big stories globally. I'm Laura Cook. And I'm Sonal Patel. Coming up in the next 10 minutes, we take a deep dive into what's happening in France and why. Also, a US Supreme Court ruling sends shockwaves through the country's higher education system. And what next for Madonna? Can she continue to defy expectations? First, though, to a story we've been following pretty closely on The Times. How could we not? France, a major European country gripped by violence. Check out the pictures online on The Times and you'll see guns, riot shields, burned out vehicles, um, tens of thousands of people on the streets, a country seemingly at war. And police have been given carte blanche to do what they need to do to stop the riots as the violence spreads, not limited to just the poorer, more diverse areas, but also spreading to wealthier suburbs. And according to the Times Paris correspondent Charles Bremner, this is all playing into the hands of Marine Le Pen and the far right. Ms Le Pen has run for the presidency three times and she twice come runner-up to President Macron. She's aiming for the presidency again in 2027 and all the polls show that this time she has quite a chance. She is the candidate of law and order and she has played the, this crisis this week very cleverly. She has said relatively little. She's let the other opposition leaders, mainly on the left, resort to polemics and uh, rhetoric against President Macron. Madame Le Pen is is just reaping the benefits from the public anger. It's quite clear that the public of France is alarmed and very worried by the failure of the police to prevent this violence. This has become an all-too-familiar sound over the past three days. Now the violence has spread. Streets are closed, shops are boarded up and those that are not are being ransacked. You just need to watch the footage up online on the Times website to see France is in deep trouble. The trigger this time, the killing of 17-year-old Nahel, shot at point-blank range in his car by a police officer. But as Charles Bremner points out, these issues go beyond the tragic death of one teenager. The riots in the banlieue, the suburbs of Paris, are 
the latest very big political problem for President Macron. Now his authority is being challenged by uh, ethnic kids in the housing estates. Macron's problem is that he looks weak and hesitant. He has this week condemned very strongly the killing of the 17-year-old by a police officer. Then he swung the other way and has today given the police permission to use just about any tactics to stop the rioting. Yeah, race relations have long been a polarising issue in France, which has a big ethnic population. And since the riots 18 years ago, really little has changed. For Marine Le Pen's far-right party national rally, it's about out-of-control immigration. For those rioting in these estates, successive governments have done very little to improve the ghetto life of the descendants from France's African colonies and the brutal policing to keep them in line. of Iraqis here gathering outside the Swedish embassy in Baghdad. So what's prompted this? Well, let's turn back the clock a few days to Wednesday and move countries to Sweden. So on Wednesday, 200 people gathered as Salwan Momika, who fled from Iraq to Sweden several years ago, staged his protest. He tore up pages of a copy of the Quran and wiped his shoes with it before putting bacon in it and setting it on fire. This stunt, understandably, has prompted condemnation from across the Islamic world, but the Times' Oliver Moody explains two interesting dimensions. The first is that the Swedish police were effectively forced to allow the protest to go ahead by court rulings that it was covered by freedom of expression. That touches on the central issue between Turkey and Sweden, which has found itself bumping up against the limits of what judges will allow in a Western liberal democracy under the rule of law. The second point here is that it more or less torpedoes Sweden's hopes of entering NATO, since its accession still has to be ratified by Turkey and Hungary. Hungary has already announced that it's delaying the vote, and it now looks as though Swedish membership could be held up until next year. It'll certainly be interesting to see how this plays out if those fears undoing months of work by the Swedish government unravel. Um, Keep watch on The Times for the latest on this story. We move now to the United States and an end to diversity targets in education. We cannot let this decision be the last word. President Biden there reacting to the US Supreme Court ruling which bans affirmative action in university admissions. This decision, which has sent shockwaves through the country's higher education system. Nine justices voted six to three along ideological grounds, striking down admissions programmes at places like Harvard University and the University of North Carolina, which are the country's oldest private and public colleges, respectively. Now, the ruling follows lawsuits which claim that affirmative action, or as we'd say, I guess, positive discrimination policies at the two universities discriminated against white and Asian American students. The student must be treated based on his or her experiences as an individual, not on the basis of race. That's what Chief Justice John Roberts wrote for the Conservative majority. But space has been left for student applicants to discuss how race had affected their education experience in application essays, which universities can consider within limits. So what has been the reaction to this decision? Safe to say 
it's been pretty strong. Uh, Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson, the first black woman to be appointed to the highest court in the US, said this was truly a tragedy for us all. While former President Trump hailed it as a great day for America, President Biden says this can't be allowed to stand. I've always believed that the promise of America is big enough for everyone to succeed. I believe our colleges are stronger when they're racially diverse. We cannot let this decision be the last word. What I propose for consideration is a new standard, where colleges take into account the adversity a student has overcome when selecting among qualified applicants. Let's talk about one of the most gruelling, I think it's safe to say, Laura, bike races in the world, the Tour de France, this time setting off from Bilbao in Spain. The stats are actually pretty impressive. Three and a half thousand kilometres four summit finishes and all five mountain ranges in France ticked off. It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, it's definitely not for me. Uh, and according to the oracle of all things tour base, the Times' David Walsh, whose official title is uh, chief sports writer, but we prefer oracle, <laughs> the race is really finely balanced. I see it as being a two-rider race between Tadej Pogacar and Jonas Vinigo. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really going to be, it has the potential to be one of the great battles because Pogaccio is naturally a very aggressive racer. And I think there'll be a little element of a, of a chess game in the way they watch each other. But when the race comes to be decided, they're not just the two best riders in the race. They're by some distance, the two best riders in the race. Now, Madonna will be counting her lucky stars that medics are expecting her to make a full recovery following her recent stay in intensive care. But what next for the 64-year-old star? She's defied expectations throughout her career for her whole life. But with her forthcoming tour on hold... It's fair to say fans are asking where she goes from here. In today's Times, Ed Potton writes about how when she was rushed to hospital, the world took a collective gulp. I mean, we were all worried. Uh, were we going to lose another megastar? It looks like Madonna herself has had a bit of a wake-up call too. One family member quoted as saying, this really woke her up. She thinks that she's still young when in fact she is not. Nice family member. Uh, she also <laughs> believes she is invincible. Now, cast your mind back to the 80s and she was being interviewed by the talk show host Dick Clark and Madonna said her ambition was to rule the world. Well, we're all hoping she makes a full recovery, rebooks those shows and conquers it all over again. That's it from us for today. We'll be back tomorrow. But don't forget, if you've enjoyed what you've heard on this podcast, you can take out a digital subscription to The Times of London. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.